Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. How many excited about church conference this year? We're so pumped about it. Make sure to mark your calendars and register to be present. It's going to be a great time. Believe in God that it's going to be a mountaintop moment for your faith and something that propels our church forward into 2023. You guys have your Bibles. Turn with me to Mark chapter 8. We are going to be in uh, a series we kicked off last week called Trust Issues. Trust Issues. Just whisper to your neighbor, say, you got trust issues. You got trust issues. <laughs> Believing this is going to be a faith-building series for you. And uh, we're going to have some fun with it. Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 14, um, we're going to dive right into another very powerful yet interesting passage of Scripture. I believe God's given me a word that's going to encourage your life to face the things that are in front of you right now. And, um, you know, the Word of God is powerful. It's not just a dusty old book full of old stories. How many know it is the living Word of God? It has power to build our lives by the Spirit of God. Mark chapter 8. Come on, when you find it, shout amen. Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 14, we'll read together. And I'm going to jump right in today. Mark 8, 14. We'll throw this on the screen for you too, and we can read it together. But the disciples had forgot to bring any food. Party foul. They had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. So 14 starts off very depressing. Verse 15, and they were crossing the lake, and Jesus warned them, watch out. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. And at this they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. And so Jesus knew what they were saying. So He said, why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? Now Jesus is having what is a striking resemblance to a conversation I have with my kids at least twice a week. All right? This is a dad moment with Jesus to the guys. You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? Now he begins to remind them in verse 19. This is so important for us. Let's read this together before we pray. Verse 19 says, When I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did I pick up afterwards? I can almost hear them. Twelve, they said. And when I fed 4,000 with seven loaves of bread, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterwards? Seven. They said, listen, you read your Bible how you want to. This is how I hear it. <laughs> Seven, don't you understand yet, he asked them. Would you pray with me and let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts and prepare our hearts for his word. Father, we love you and we thank you, God, for the treasure of the word of God. And we pray right now for our own hearts. Lord, that our hearts would be a place that your word could come and make an impact in our life. God, I thank you that your word always does what you send it to do. And so, Lord, I pray now that each person in this room watching online would be bigger, better, 
and more like Jesus today because of the Word that is preached to them. And we ask for this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Have you ever gone on a road trip and forgot snacks? In the first service, I asked this question, and like 75 people were like, no, absolutely not. Like, who does this, you know? It's like you get gas and you get snacks, right? It's, there's the two critical things if you're going to be in the car for more than 45 minutes. Um, I forgot to ask my wife permission to share this story, and so I already did it in the first service. I might as well just do it in the second service too. I'm sure I owe her something expensive after this. But I was, I was thinking about this as I read this passage because you've got these guys that have been working hard, have been seeing Jesus do miracles, and now Jesus, they, they're ministering to huge crowds of thousands, tens of thousands of people. And Jesus is working miracles and feeding everybody with, with, a, with happy meals and breaking bread, that, multiplying for thousands of people. And now he puts them on a boat, and they forget to bring any bread. They've got one loaf. Now Jesus is trying to talk to them about spiritual things. They can't think of nothing. They're in the flesh. All they can think about is the natural. They're fighting with each other. And all I could think about was in 2020, we took a road trip with our campus pastors. We drove up to Portland to spend some time with a pastor, a friend of mine that was going to be just working with our campus pastors, pouring out, refreshing us, and get away for a couple of days, a little bit of a retreat. And so we decided, hey, this would be fun, jump in the church van, and a bunch of us just drove up to Portland. The problem is we got about three hours out, and we realized there were no snacks I think it was 2020, we all gained like 15 pounds, all of us were trying to be good. We got no snacks. Now listen, my wife is the sweetest person in all the world, unless she does not eat. (laughs) There is another person that manifests out of my wife if she does not eat. And listen, I don't care how much faith you have, there's no laying on of hands, no anointing oil, no prayer of faith that's going to fix it. If it don't come with a sandwich, she ain't going to change. All right, so it was hilarious. She starts dipping. She gets grumpy. She's complaining about how fast Pastor Israel's driving around corners. Everybody's like, wow, what's wrong with the man? I'm like, she needs to eat. You need to stop somewhere. You know, I know what's happening. Jekyll and Hyde is about to happen. So we pull over, we get her a snack, and she's, boom, she's perfect again, you know? It was the most hilarious thing. It was about 10 minutes later, she's just her. Everything changes. And and I'm thinking about this story in regards to what's happening in this boat because Jesus is dealing with a bunch of guys that have been working hard, they're hungry, they've got no food, and Jesus is trying to talk to them about spiritual things, and they ain't thinking about nothing spiritual. How many know it's hard to be spiritual if you ain't eating some food? It is. Anyone ever fasted for anything longer than a couple of days? You're like, Jesus, is this really producing anything in my life spiritual at all? Okay, because I don't feel spiritual one bit. And so Jesus is in the boat. He's dealing with these guys, and he's having kind of a, a hard conversation with them. Now, the problem that Jesus is bringing in is that they have a trust gap with him. They have a trust gap because Jesus is saying, hey, you're struggling with this small thing in the moment, and yet... You've just saw me do all these big things just recently. 
You saw me multiply a happy meal to feed thousands of people in a crowd. They've seen Jesus heal lepers. They've seen Jesus pray for people. And hands are growing back and crippled arms are stretching out. They've seen him lay hands on lepers and their skin clears up and fingers come back to the way they're supposed to. They've seen Jesus do all of these spectacular things. And now they're struggling with something as simple as, why did you forget to bring bread? And, you know, what's Jesus talking about? He's probably mad that we didn't bring any food. Because that sounds like Jesus. And Jesus is like, what is your guys' problem? Don't you remember all of these things? He's surprised because they'd seen him do such great things, and yet they're struggling with such small things. But I think if we were all honest, how many know we're an honest church? We are a real church. We are an honest church where we can deal with real things and honest issues. I think if we were honest, the reality is, is a lot of times it's not the big things we struggle with, it's the small things. It's the small things in life that we have to navigate through. It's the small things we have to trust God for that cause us the most struggle. Matter of fact, I want to give you just a couple of things today that I really believe are going to help you and build your life. First thing I'd like you to write down, jot this into your iPhone. If you're not a Christian yet, put it in your Android. (laughs) Write it on note paper. We'll have an altar call at the end. You get salvation in an iPhone. Come on, somebody. Y'all been messing up our group text too long. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Just lost a third of the church. Okay, amen. I want you to write this down. In whatever you have, he's a God of grace and mercy. Ready? Number one, I want you to write this down. The big builds our faith for the small. This is a spiritual principle that is so important for us to understand. The big builds our faith for the small. Now, here's the problem. We tend to trust God more easily with spiritual things than natural things. You ever notice that? We tend to more easily trust God with spiritual matters than natural matters. I'm not sure if you've noticed this in your life, but I would wager a bet that it's true for you and it's true for most people in this room. What I think is interesting is how is it we can trust God with things so big like eternal salvation and the forgiveness of our sin. With our name being written in the book of life, we can trust God that when we breathe our last on this planet, we go to be with God in heaven forever. How is it we can trust God with things so big like that, but we have a, we have a, a struggle trusting God with our kids and with our finances and with our issues? You ever notice that? Man, every single person that's decided to to follow Jesus, you've trusted God with something massive. It's like, man, in a moment, you were all of a sudden aware that you were separate from God, that your sin had separated you from, that you needed a Savior, that you were not alive spiritually, that you were distant from God. And if you're a follower of Jesus, there was a moment in which you acknowledged that in your own life and you turned your life toward God and you believed Jesus to forgive your sin, to give you a new heart and a new start, to make you a part of the family of God, to fill your life with the Holy Spirit and and to know that when you die, you go to be with God forever. 
that your name is written in the book of life in heaven and your future is sealed for all eternity. You believed that thing. It was like, wow, you started off believing this great big promise from God. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, it's not like we start small with God. It's not like people that don't care about God or aren't interested in Jesus. It's not like they're praying, Lord, let these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches feed these kids today. Like, people aren't praying. There was, we're, not, we're not believing God for anything until there's a moment for all of us where we get our lives right with God and we receive so great a salvation, the Bible calls it. And we receive this and we believe it. And our faith stretches to believe God for this great big promise we have from Jesus. And God comes into our life and, and everything becomes different. How many know when you receive the salvation that Jesus offers, everything in your life changes? It so drastically changes your life. The Bible calls it being born again. It's like you get a brand new life. You get a new heart, a new start, a new purpose to serve the kingdom of God. Everything changes. And this is how we begin. Your faith enlarges to receive the promises of God. But why is it that all of us here that are followers of Jesus today, how is it that we can enlarge, we can see our faith stretch so big to receive this great big promise in the inheritance of God, and then we go home and struggle to believe God for the little things in our life? We receive so great a salvation, and yet we struggle to trust God when someone at work is maligning our character. We struggle to trust God when our wives are driving us insane. We struggle to trust God when you can't stand to look at your husband one more time. We struggle to trust God when our kids are off the rocker, when our finances are going south, when our business has more red on the books than black. How is it we struggle to trust God for the little things when we start out our walk with Jesus, believing Him for so great a salvation? I feel like God's given me a word for you today, and I want you to catch this. You have more faith than you think. You have more faith than you think. How many know we are faith people if we follow Jesus? And your faith is one of the greatest treasures God will ever give you. You should protect your faith. You should build. The Bible never says to deconstruct your faith. It says to build it, to steward it, to treat it as most holy. That we should hold on to the faith that God has given to us. We are, we are faith people. Your faith is the key to accessing all of the blessings of God. Your faith is the key to living the abundant life that Jesus has for you. Your faith is the key to living an overcoming life. Your faith is precious to God. And it should be precious to us. You have more faith than you think you do. You know, you got to understand something about the nature of faith. Faith has an elastic nature to it. There's an elasticity to faith. What I mean by that is faith stretches to be as big as you need it to be, depending on what obstacle you are facing. 
This is why Jesus taught what seemed to be a completely contradictory teaching. Jesus said, if you just have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to a mountain, be moved, and it'll move out of your way. How can mustard seed move mountain? It stretches. See, faith has the capacity to stretch, to become as big as you need it to be. So if you're here today and you'd say, well, pastor, I just, I'm not a part of the great big faith club. Can I just tell you, welcome to the club. Read your Bible. Almost nobody that God used to do great things felt like they had great big faith. The defining characteristic of people that God used to do great things is that they were, wi- they were willing to wield that mustard seed of faith that God gave them at huge obstacles and watch it enlarge and stretch and become big enough to move the mountains that were in front of them. I want you to know if you've ever trusted God, that means there is a seed of faith inside of you. There is a faith that can enlarge and stretch, and it has an elastic nature to it. You can believe God for the battles you're facing. You do have the faith necessary to tackle the things that are in front of you. Your faith is not too small. Your faith is everything you need. God gave it to you. It is a gift, and it is mighty to accomplish the purpose of God in your life. If you believe it, you better shout amen today. You've got more faith than you think. Don't let the devil convince you that your faith is too small. The devil is a liar. You've got all the faith that you need to believe God for great big things in your life. Have you ever, my my wife loves throwing parties. And so I am a professional balloon blower upper. And now she has this cool machine. You put the balloon on it, and you boom, and it blows it up. But, I mean, for years, I'm like, where was this machine most of my marriage, you know? I'm the guy, I'm passing out on the couch, coming back to, and she's like, hey, 500 more to go, you know? You need to pray for me, by the way. <laughs> and so, but, but here's the thing I noticed about a balloon. If you blow up a balloon, how many know the first time you blow it up is the hardest? But if you go to blow that thing up again, it just, it just inflates. Boom. Why? Because it's already stretched once. Can I just tell you that your faith has a similar nature to it? If you've believed God before, it's easier to believe God again. The next time you go to believe God, matter of fact, I would say it this way, every time you believe God for something, every time you use your faith, it gets a little bit easier to trust God every single time. Every time. It won't be as difficult to trust Him the next time. And it'll be even easier to trust God the next time. Why? Because faith has an elasticity to it. Every time you use it, Yes, it returns back to a smaller size, but friends, it can stretch much easier the next time. Much easier the next time. And so listen, if your faith has ever stretched from this, I just want you to know this is easy. You can believe God in these areas. You can trust God for every little thing that you are going through in your life. The big is meant to build your faith for the small. It's meant to. Matter of fact, let me, read, let me read to you a passage of Scripture. In Mark chapter 5, verse 36, Jesus is talking to a man named Jairus who is facing a devastating circumstance in his family. 
It seems like the future is dead, that there's no hope of anything changing. And Jesus comes in to this situation, and this is what he said. It said, but Jesus overheard them, and he said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Do you know that Jesus will never ask you to do something you don't have the ability to do? He'll never ask you to do that. So Jesus said, don't be afraid, just believe, just have faith. How can Jesus do that? Because he knows that you have it. He knows that it's within you. He knows that there is a mustard seed of faith inside of every one of us that has the potential to enlarge, to to tackle the things that are in front of us. The Bible says that God put eternity into the hearts of men. There is something eternal, supernatural inside of every single person that Jesus created, and that means you. And so I want you to know, you have the faith you need to tackle the obstacles in front of you. I want you to say, I have it. You have it. You have the faith. Jesus said, just have faith. Listen, sometimes you just need spiritual leaders. You need people in your life to remind you of what you're filled with. You know, the Apostle Paul did this for his protege, Timothy, in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, there's this beautiful passage of Scripture where the Apostle Paul is talking about the faith that was so evident in Timothy's whole family. In 2 Timothy 1, 5, this is what the Apostle Paul writes by the inspiration of God's Spirit. He said, I remember your genuine faith. I remember, Timothy, your genuine faith. Listen, he said, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Can we just pause there? Faith can fill you. He said, you share the faith that filled your mother and filled your grandmother. How many know you can make a decision? You can be filled with fear. You can be filled with anxiety, you can be filled with anger, or we can be filled with faith. How many would rather live a life filled with faith than anything else? (laughs) Only one thing is going to give us access into all the promises of God. Only one thing is promised to move mountains in our life, to shift all of the spiritual realm in our favor. It's not fear, it's not anger, it's not anxiety, friends, it's faith. You can be filled with faith that comes from God. And I love this. He said, I remember your genuine faith that filled your grandma and your mama. And listen to this. And I know the same faith continues strong in you, Timothy. Now, Timothy was not just a nobody. Timothy was pastoring what most historians believe was the largest New Testament church in biblical times. He was leading thousands of people, people much older than him, people with big problems in their life, and frankly, he was struggling with it a little bit. And so Paul wrote not one, but two letters to Timothy, instructing Timothy, hey, be at peace, just live as an example, don't let the older folks intimidate you, just be an example to them. And here's one of the things he said, that faith continues strong in you, Timothy. Listen, I came here to encourage some people today. You have not lost what was precious. 
It may have gone dormant. You may not have used it in a while. The enemy may have convinced you that what God gave you and what you had wasn't real. But I came here on assignment today to remind some people that the faith God gave you is strong in you. It's still there. You haven't lost it. You have all the faith you need. You have the faith. It's there. Matter of fact, faith is believing God for what we have not seen Him do yet. That's what faith is. Matter of fact, Hebrews 11.1 gives us a great definition. It says, faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of what we cannot see. So when you can't see it, faith is how you get it. But you only need faith if you haven't seen it happen yet. Matter of fact, let me give you a great definition of faith. Faith is having an internal confidence and believing and acting like something is so, even when it is not so, in order that it might be so, because God said so. Let me say that again. Faith is acting like something is so, even when it is not so, in order that it might be so, because God said so. That is faith. You can have confidence that every spiritual blessing is yours in Christ Jesus, and you access what you haven't seen yet by faith. But see, what I'm dealing with today is not faith, it's trust. And trust and faith are not the same thing. See, most of you here today do not have a faith issue. I've already dealt with that. You have faith You have all the faith you need. We don't have a faith issue. Friends, we have trust issues. See, faith is believing God for what you have not seen, but trust is different. I want you to catch this. Trust is believing God based on what you have seen Him do. Faith is a confidence that God can perform now because you've seen God perform in the past. Let me say it this way. Trust is a choice that we make out of our faith that is developed through our history with God. Trust is a choice we make to believe God out of our faith that is developed through our history with God. Matter of fact, I want to give you something. I want you to write this down. It's my second big thought. Remember, my first one was the big build your faith for the small. But here's my second thought, and I need you to get this in your hearts today. We can trust God with the small things. We can trust God for the small things. The big things God does builds our faith so we can trust Him with the small things. Friends, it's not a faith issue. This is a trust issue. You've seen God do this You've seen your faith enlarge to believe God for big things. Now, friends, it's a matter of trust when it comes to the small things. You can trust the Lord. You can trust Him because you've seen Him do it in the past. You've seen God be faithful. You've seen God be good. Here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. We don't necessarily have a faith gap many times. We have a trust gap. Matter of fact, if I had to give today's message a title, that's what I would call it. I would call it the trust gap. Because for a lot of us, it's it's an act of trust. 
What we're lacking is not the faith to believe God. We're lacking that, we're lacking that, that decision to trust God in the small things that we deal with in our life. Anytime we find ourselves struggling to trust God, it's a great moment to just really peel our hearts back and say, what, what is it that I'm struggling with? Because I've seen God do great big things. I've believed God for great big, why is it that I'm struggling with this? And if we were honest with ourselves, it'll be, it really what it boils down to is it's the fact that we're not making a decision to trust the Lord with the small things in our life. It's, it's that the human nature side of us, we, we have a tendency to believe God for what is spiritual, but we struggle to trust God for the small natural things. Maybe we don't think God cares. Maybe we don't think God can. Maybe we don't think God will. Whatever the, the reason is, you can trust God. I came here to tell you today, if God was faithful then, friends, he'll be faithful now. What you are dealing with today is a big thing to you, but it is a small thing for God. He's a great, big God. And you can trust him for all of those things that are going on in your life. God hasn't changed. He has not become unfaithful. He has not become untrustworthy. It's us that needs to shift. Matter of fact, I want to give you just a, a few things as we get ready to close today. Because here's what I want to do. I want, you have the faith. But what I want to do is I want to help you learn and condition yourself to trust God in the circumstances of life that you go through. And I want to give you a few things today I truly believe will help you. And they're, they're going to come right out of what Jesus talked to his disciples about in Mark chapter 8. I'm just going to encourage you with the same things that Jesus encouraged his people. I want you to hear this again in Mark chapter 8, 17 through 21. It says, Jesus knew what they were saying. He said, why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Twelve, they said. And when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand yet, Jesus said? Aren't you, aren't you getting it? Listen, I want to give you three things as we close today that will build your life, build your trust, and help posture you as a follower of Jesus to trust God in every circumstance in your life. Are you ready? I'm going to give them to you real quick. The first one is this. Number one, remind yourself of what you've seen. Remind yourself of what you've seen. Jesus said, you have eyes. Can't you see? Didn't you see all the stuff I've been doing? All these people, I, I, hundreds of, or these thousands of people that we fed with just a happy meal. I turned that Happy Meal into food for everyone. There's baskets left over. See, here's what I want to encourage you with. It's God's consistency over our lifetime that is a key to building trust with God in the things we go through right now. Let me give you a great example. How many of you walked into this room today and said, how many ladies, how many walked into this room and were like, mm, somebody else needs to sit down on that chair before I put my weight on it. How many men were like, eh, come over here. Would you sit down on this chair first just to, I just don't trust it. No. 
I bet not one of us walked in here and felt like we had to do anything. No, we just walked in and we just sat down. Why? Because you trust the chair. Why do you trust the chair? Because every chair you've sat down on has held your weight. Can I just tell you, God's never failed you. He's never let you down and he never will. Listen, no obstacle, no battle, no thing that you've gone through has ever been too heavy for God. He's held the weight. Every time he's held the weight. So listen, let that build your your courage to trust God now. That his consistency enables you to trust him now. He held your marriage together. He'll hold your kids together. He held your life together. He'll hold your future together. He holds the weight. He's never let anyone down. And friends, he won't begin with you. You can trust what you've seen God do. I love Revelation. Revelation talks about the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Oh, friends, what you've seen God do over your life, build your trust to trust him now. God, you never failed me. You won't fail me now. I can trust you. I can give you the weight of my circumstances, and I know that it's not going to be too heavy for you. Remind yourself of what you've seen. Number two, remind yourself of what you've heard. Remind yourself of what you've heard. Listen, the Word of God is a treasure and a gift to us. What Scripture has God given you? As you've read your Bible, what Scripture has the Holy Spirit illuminated to you in a powerful way? And you know that's not just another Scripture I read. That's something from God to me. What prophetic word has been declared over your life? What spiritual thing has God given? What has God deposited into the resources or or the recesses of your spirit that you know is a word from Him? Friends, what you've heard is meant to build your faith to trust God now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. What has God spoken over? You know, I have a whole book of things I just write down. What scripture has God spoken over my life? What word has been proclaimed over me? What prophetic utterance has been given to me? I have a whole book, and in the hardest times of my life and the hardest times of my ministry, I don't go back to naysayers or Facebook. I go back to the sacred things God has spoken to me through His Word and through the gifts of the Spirit. I go back and I read, this is the Word over my life. This is the promise of God over my circumstance. This is the call of God over our ministry. And I will not doubt in the darkness what God has spoken to me in the light. I want to encourage you. What have you heard? Go back and revisit it. It will build you to trust God. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word. My final one. Remind yourself of what you've seen. Remind yourself of what you've heard. But here's my last thought. Declare out loud the works of God. Declare out loud. Isn't it interesting that Jesus had this like papa moment? Reminded me of what? I'd be my kids. I'm like, look at me, look at me. Repeat back to me what I'm saying to you. Or I'll make them ask. You know, Jesus did this stuff all the time. And it seems so weird until you understand what Jesus is doing. Jesus would walk up to a cripple and he'll be like, what do you want? What do you think he wants, Jesus? The man's never walked in his life. He'll walk up to a leper and the guy's like, he'll be like, what do you want? What do you think he wants? 
He's blind. He'll be like, what do you want me to do for you? Well, Jesus, if you didn't notice, I'm blind. What is Jesus trying? Jesus is trying to get him to declare out loud what he's believing for. Declare out loud the faith that he has. There's something about articulating your faith in words that stirs you to believe God for the impossible. Talk about what God has done for you. Declare out loud the works of God in your life. When you are going through difficult circumstances, say out loud what God has done. Get around your spouse, your friends, your colleagues, your whatever, and begin to tell them, here's what God did for me. Here's how God delivered me out of addiction and depression and brokenness and put my feet in a solid place and opened up a career to me. And this is how I became this. And this is how I met your mom or your dad this is how this happened it's because God was faithful to me and it reminds me of what David said he said I will never forget Lord the pit you dug me out of no David always had a praise on his lips that pointed back to the miracles that God did in his past why because David was building his faith for the future You need to declare out loud what God has done for you. And the testimony of Jesus will be the spirit of prophecy. Here's what that means. When you talk about what Jesus has done, it'll build your faith for what Jesus can do in the future. If you believe it, give God a big praise. He's been good to you. I want you to stand all across the room. Listen, some of you today, You need to put your trust in Jesus. Some of you today are far from God. And I've got great news for you. There is a great salvation that has already been paid for on your behalf. All you have to do is receive it. You've got to trust Jesus. You've got to give your life to the one who loves you so much he'd rather die than live without you. And I'm telling you, your faith will stretch to receive what God has. If you're here today and you're far from God, listen, your sin can be forgiven, your past can be erased. God will give you a new heart and a new start and welcome you into the very family of God. And it comes by faith. It comes by trusting that what Jesus did for you is enough. There's some of you here today and you're already part of the family of God. And what you're struggling with is not this. What you're struggling with is a small thing. And I just want to encourage you today. The big thing to you is a small thing to God. You already have the faith. It's time to trust God and to take these things and lay them down at the feet of Jesus and allow Him to hold the weight He's always been able to hold and He always will. I want us to make this declaration today. I want you to repeat after me. Say it with faith. Say it loud. Say this. I serve a good God. I can trust Him. He's never let me down. And he never will. Let's say it one more time. I serve a good God. I can trust him. He's never let me down. And he never will. I want to pray for you today. Our prayer team is going to come and be available for you as well. If you need prayer for anything at all, we want to partner with you and believe God. But if you're struggling today and you just say, listen, I I need to trust the Lord with something. Or maybe you're here today and you just need to make Jesus Lord of your life and receive so great a salvation. I just want to pray for all of you, wherever you're at today. But if that's you, would you just lift your hands all across the room? Just say, I got trust issues, but I need Jesus to build me today. I just want to pray for you and we're going to sing one more chorus. And I believe God's going to meet you where you're at. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I just lift up your people. And I thank you that 
Lord, you've brought people to this place, God, to do a work in them. And I thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. And I pray now that you would meet them where they're at. If they need to make you Lord, God, be Lord of their life. Come and meet them, wash them, give them a new heart and a new start. If they already serve you and follow you, but they're struggling with something, Lord, build them and encourage them to lay it down at your feet. I pray that you would meet them supernaturally where they are at in Jesus' name. Lord, may we all leave here today better able to trust you for everything we're going through because you are a faithful God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, sing this last chorus out together.